Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Monday, February the 20th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you had a good week off if you had half term last week. A top story today is that three people have been treated by paramedics after an explosion at a flat in East Morling. Now, we're told they suffered burns and breathing difficulties after it happened on Catling Close last night. Police, firefighters and ambulance crews were all called to the scene and the cause of the explosion is unknown at the moment, but but believed to be accidental. Well, our reporter, Ben Austin, has been there. Well, Nick, the situation has very much died down now, but as of 7pm last night, three people were taken to hospital after the explosion in Catlin Close, East Morling. All emergency services were in attendance, but by the time I got here this morning, only police remained and a cordon was still up to stop people from entering the building. Workers could be seen boarding up the windows which had been blown out from the explosion on the ground floor flat. And though no one really knows what happened, all emergency services say the cause to be accidental. Neighbours again don't really know what happened, but one neighbour said that the explosion was so big that it caused his house to shake. Though others weren't really aware of anything happening until the emergency services arrived. Luckily, no other parts of the building were da- seemed to be damaged, which meant that by midday today, all cordons were removed and the police, were, t- police uh, were no longer there. The back of the building sits and overlooks the new road leading onto the A20 in Larkfield, which means any drivers passing that time would have spotted the explosion, though they would have been at a safe distance to witness it. Uh, but the, the, the other side of Catlin Close itself is just a road which leads to a bunch of garages and parking with a fence in front of the apartment, so hopefully no one else was in the perimeter of the explosion when it occurred. You can also see pictures from the scene today by clicking on the story on the website. Kent Online News. Next up today, and people living in rural parts of Kent fear they'll be isolated as bus cuts come into force today. Kent County Council has axed several services as it looks to balance the budget by £2.2 million. Emma Butler lives with her family in Stockbury and was left scrambling to find a way to get her son to school when his regular route was cancelled. He'll now have to get a taxi, which she says will limit his independence. Emma has been speaking to our reporter, Kate Faulkner. So we're incredibly rural here. Um, we don't have currently any public transport links since the A249 work started. Uh, the bus services were taken out, the bus stops were taken out of service. And since my son started at secondary school he had been making use of the 332 which was a rural schools bus service which ran term time only which basically went around the local area of sort of Stockbury and picked up all the children that were going to Sittingbourne schools dropped them off and then dropped them back so when you agree that you're going to move to the country, you you know kind of make peace with the fact that you're not going to be able to hop on buses as easily as you would if you were living in, in a town, and that's fine. But we had been making use of that service since he started. He's now in year eight, and it was a brilliant service. Um, it meant that he made friends. It meant that he got to know people in the wider community. Um, we don't live somewhere where you can just walk um to somewhere and you know have a coffee 
Um, so it was really nice for him because being sort of quite rural and secluded, he hasn't got a wide network of friends that he might have if he was sort of tapping into sort of local parks and amenities in Sittingbourne. And what's happened to that service? So it went to consultation uh, and we received an email. So service users were made aware that um, Kent County Council were looking to make, you know, budget cuts. They were in deficit. And it went to consultation and, you know, we, all of us that were using the service, um, you know, sort of contacted, replied and said, look, this is a fantastic service. It allows our children to get to school safely. Uh, we really don't want you to, to cut it. And that was ignored. And we were made uh, aware of the fact that the service would cease. Originally, it was due to stop um, in the first half term of the new academic year. So it was going to run up until the October half term and it basically got a stay of execution, um, but it finally had its last run last Friday um, and it, it is no longer running. And it's one of those things that I, I don't quite see the logic because now what you've got is we had one very small bus, you know, it wasn't a huge bus. Uh, we had one small bus that was servicing the local community. And now you're in a position where you're going to replace one bus with, you know, six, seven, maybe eight cars making the same journey at a time when the 249 is already, you know, a, a tricky road to manoeuvre in rush hour. Um, and also Sittingbourne is incredibly congested. And, and so I, I kind of, I can't see the logic. When we've looked into it, you know, they've said that it was... Um, I think the figures were it was around £140,000 to run for that, you know, for the academic year. But we were, I was paying because I hadn't sent him to our closest school. Um, so we weren't eligible for free transport. So we were paying, it went up this year to £475. And I had, you know, said that I was happy to pay a little bit more um, because it gave me that freedom to go to work. I, I go to work, so does my husband. My husband has his own business. Um, and ironically, you know, working in education, I have to be at school to look after other people's children and, you know, couldn't, you know, go into school late to, to make sure that my child was was in school. So it was it was really, it was really difficult and, you know, really, really sad because we, you know, we it's beautiful living here. It's an absolute privilege, don't get me wrong, but we don't really get anything, um, you know, from the council. The roads are absolutely horrific um, and they've taken away another thing that, you know, kind of made living here doable um, because I could get him to school. Well, the statement from KCC says that service changes relating to a reduction in KCC's supported bus budget for the 2022-23 financial year took place last weekend. Other changes are being made by operators in response to the continued challenge of increased costs and the reduced use of buses after the pandemic. KCC's budget, they go on to say, for bus service support has been protected at the same level for the 23-24 financial year and they hope that this will enable them to continue to support contracted services. We can find out a list of all of the bus routes affected within the story today at kentonline.co.uk A Canterbury dad's been threatened with a knife by two men who tried to break into his van in the middle of the night Josh Bagshaw ran out to try and save his tools but was nearly run over when the suspects escaped in a car Police are investigating the robbery which happened on Mill Lane in Preston earlier this month. Nearly 
300 cannabis plants have been found growing in a house right near Ashford Police Station. Officers based on Church Road raided the property and arrested a man. We've shared a picture of the drugs that were seized via our socials. A man's appeared in court charged with drink driving after being arrested at a McDonald's drive through in Folkestone. Staff on the Park Farm Retail Park noticed he was acting strangely and alerted police who were eating in a nearby patrol car. The 24-year-old has been fined and banned from driving for a year. Now, a Kent MP says he's considering his future after being rejected as the Conservatives candidate for a new constituency. The Weald of Kent seat will be added at the next general election. Damien Green has represented Ashford for 25 years and says he's disappointed but could still put his name forward for his current constituency which is being reduced in size. Paul Francis is our political editor. Well, the origin of this story is in the changes to the boundaries of parliamentary constituencies, which will take effect at the next general election. Now, these changes have impacted on all parts of the country. Uh, And in Kent, there's a slightly unusual situation where there have been new changes to existing boundaries and the creation of a new seat, the Weald of Kent. And that is where we saw the potential difficulties facing the Conservatives over selection when they rejected the application for the nomination made by the existing Ashford MP, Damien Green. Now, he was given the right under Conservative rules to apply for the seats before all others, uh, but it seems executive officials within uh, party associations decided they didn't want him to go forward. Uh, So that's left a question mark over where the party now goes in terms of selection. But it's not the only seat where there are some problems for the Conservatives. The Mason and Weald MP Helen Grant and the MP for Mid-Kent and Faversham Helen Waitley both have selection meetings for their nomination to be considered uh, in the coming weeks. Helen Waitley will be interviewed on Thursday about her candidacy Uh, and as yet we don't know the date for the selection meeting for Helen Grant. Kent Online reports. There's been more strike action in Kent today as ambulance staff take part in the latest walkout. More than 3,500 members of the GMB union are fighting for better pay and working conditions. CCAM paramedics have been out on picket lines across the county. And there could be more disruption on the fourth and final day of strike action by UK Border Force officers in Dover and Calais. Children coming back from half-term school trips were among those stuck in six-hour queues in France over the weekend. Members of the PCS union are among those, again, fighting for better pay and working conditions. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the site today. There's anger over plans to ban fishing in a part of Kent where it's been a popular and much needed activity for more than 25 years. People using the moat at Park Farm in Ashford say they formed a community there which has helped lots of people through dark times. But from the end of March, the Borough Council have told them it's being stopped as it believes there's a more suitable angling site elsewhere. These users have been telling our reporter Chantelle why the fishing spot is so important. Always been a fisherwoman from a very young age. Taught my boys to fish, 
um, and they've one of them has taught their boys to fish, my grandchildren. And I've been coming over here the last couple of years and I know practically everybody that fishes here um, and they're all pretty good friends and it's like a community. I'm 76 this year and I was hoping to come and fish again because I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a mental thing uh, for everybody. The kids have got not much to do in Ashford but if they can come here for whatever they pay a fiver for a day ticket, it's cheap. And they can spend all day, all night, all up to the dark. Yeah, and they all really enjoy it. And it'd be a shame for this historical site, which was once, uh, to go. To go, and we just need it, we need it. People, uh, community around here need it. I'm 23 years old and I've been fishing at this lake for about 18 years since I was a little girl with my dad. Um, yeah, it's a really close heart to me uh, and it's important for it to stay. So why do you think it's so important to not only people like you that have been fishing here for so many years, but the community as a whole? I think for the community, it's, it's a really great nature spot. It's a beautiful spot to come. A lot of people come and walk around the lake with their kids, with their dogs. Um, we've built a nice close-knit community together uh, where we all talk to each other on the swims. Um, I've suffered with my mental health um, since I was about 15 and I turned to fishing to really help me and it's it's really got me um, you know, out of a deep dark spot and um, it's a good distraction and yeah it's a really good coping mechanism that I use and I'd hate to see it go. Um, I live literally opposite the road so I just get to walk over here and enjoy the peace and quiet really. Yeah, how often do you come fishing over here? So in the summer we come every night. Um, so after dinner, around six o'clock, we'll come down until uh, it gets dark really. Um, and then in the summer, we, we fish a lot of the weekends, come over here for the whole day and me and my dad have a swim each. Um, and then in the winter, we try to get over here as much as possible, but it all depends on how cold it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just such a beautiful spot and it's just so sad to see it kind of dying out because of there's not been any support for it. And, you know, us as a community, we're really happy to volunteer and um, you know, get our waders on and go and clear out the, the routes and stuff. So, yeah, I just don't think we should give on it, up on it so easily, really. We've also been speaking to Pete LaRossignol, who is Kings North Parish Manager. It's a really uh, good ho hobby for a lot of people. The community uh, come out and use it. Uh, get a lot of young people using it, which um, obviously, if they're out here fishing, then it's probably, you know, it's better than them being out causing trouble. So much rather than be fishing here than out causing trouble somewhere else. Um, but not only is it good for young people, you've got loads of different ages using it, so from toddlers all the way up to you know, people in their 70s, 80s. So yeah, it's, it's a big um, kind of area in the community and it's also a historic site, so um, you know, we still need to make sure it has a good upkeep. Why do you think that Ashford Borough Council has decided to stop fishing? I think they've probably decided to stop fishing because they can't, they haven't got the funding to um, dredge the pond uh, it's yeah money should have been set aside originally uh, from when this when part of farmers first built in 1996 they should have put aside some money every year so that in 20 years time they'd be able to desilt the pond but obviously no money was set aside and now uh, they haven't got any money to do it. And the Parish Council's chairman, James Ransley, says they've set up a petition in a bid to get the Borough Council to discuss the future of the moat. We've had about 300 responses in the first week. Um, it would be great to get to 500 and then perhaps get an officer response from Asher Borough Council. 
if we can get to 1500 then that means that the full council with all members have to discuss it in chambers and that would be great. I mean it's quite a lot given that there's perhaps four or five thousand people living immediately in the area to get to 1500 is quite a high hurdle but we hope we can get there. Yeah. Asherborough Council took over the moat 20 years ago you know that fishing lakes are going to need to be dredged and the money should have been set aside each year so that we now had the money to do it rather than saying, oh, where are we going to find the money from? Well, a spokesman for the council has said this to the podcast. Following our discussions in 2022 with the Angling Club, Parish Council and Ward members, an agreement has been reached to cease fishing at the moat site situated in Park Farm from the end of March 2023. The moat is not a public fishery and to fish there, you need to be part of the Angling Club. We believe the Angling club have found an alternative location which is much better situated to angling. We will continue to maintain the site as a public open space and for the wider biodiversity opportunities that the moat provides. Elsewhere, four fishermen in Kent have been hit with bills totalling almost £2,000 after getting caught fishing without a licence. Three of the offenders were at Monk Lake in Staplehurst, the other was at Front Lakes in Tunbridge Wells. Officials say they hope the fines will act as a deterrent to anyone who's thinking of fishing without a valid Environment Agency licence. Kent Online reports. Water companies are going to have to explain why sewage spills into rivers and seas are happening and what's being done to fix them. Campaigners are calling for tougher action following several wastewater releases in Kent and elsewhere in the country. The Environment Secretary is now demanding firms make an improvement plan for every storm overflow. Those of you living in Medway will soon have to pay £10 to dump rubbish at recycling centres elsewhere in Kent. The charge will apply to anyone from outside the KCC area from April. Medway Council have also ended their agreement allowing Kent residents to use their three tips. A booking system will remain in force across the whole county. Now a sitting born teenager has been telling the Kent Online podcast what it's like to be a young carer for her mum and brother who both have epilepsy. Nicole Baxter was just seven when she started learning about the condition and was taught what to do in an emergency. Nicole is now 18 and has been telling us her story. Uh, so I make sure that my mum takes all her medication and if she's unwell then I'll look after her and help support my brothers and basically just help my mum doing things around the house and help him look after my brothers. And what was it, you mentioned there that you were able to go to school what was that like for you having to juggle obviously everything that was happening at home and also your schoolwork as well? Obviously I found it quite hard in school because I'd get worried that if mum had, did have a seizure and I wasn't there then it I don't think that anyone would have been around her and I would have come home and seen her in an awful way and then um, but I did have to realise that school was a way to get out of it or to be a kid and to have time to myself. And what about support for you at school? Were your friends, were your friends aware of your situation? Um, were they, you know, did you get support from them or your teachers, anything like that? My teachers knew that my mum was epileptic, but I didn't really tell a lot of my friends because it was quite a personal thing and I didn't really want anyone else to know about it apart from the people that needed to know. It sounds like you've been quite strong and tried to sort of <laughs> take everything on by yourself. Yeah. What do you, I mean, how do you, uh, do you find time to relax? Is there any time for yourself to indulge in things that you like to do and take care of yourself? Uh, yeah, I do try to have that time, especially at night for myself. So like I end up making myself a bath or something can basically say, right, this is my time. 
no interruptions, please. And then I'll just sit in my room, watch TV and just chill by myself for a bit. The family have taken on a fundraising challenge, walking 50 miles this month to raise vital funds for epilepsy action. Kent Online News. The owner of Blackwell Jewellers has announced when the new branch in Maidstone will open. It's on the site of the former Cornell and Sons, who were jewellers in the town for 225 years. James Marsh snapped up the building in Gabriel's Hill and says it will open for business on March the 4th. Elsewhere, the new managers of a pub in Paddock Wood have pledged to make it the beating heart of the community. Paul and Gabby Wimhurst took over the John Brunt VC pub in Church Street and say there will be something happening there all the time. The pub has a colourful history and after a £480,000 refurbishment, the landlords say they're determined to make it a success. Very similar sentiments to the new landlords of a Medway pub who say they want to give it back to the community. David Carroll and Emma Smith took over the Angel in Raynham just before Christmas and are planning a £185,000 refurb next month. They're hoping to turn it into a place where anyone is welcome after describing it as cliquey in the past. They also want to revamp the gardens so they can hold events in the summer. David's been telling us more about their plans. So we've been here since the 14th of December, um, took a week to sort a few bits and, uh, and then they opened up for Christmas trade and New Year's. Unfortunately, had a few problems with utility companies and, and the logistics and had to sort of be open and closed for the last few weeks or so. Um, but we are now open, um, with cleaner, little liquor paint and some sofas and some comfortable areas um, just to hopefully make it a much more inviting pub for um, the local area, anyone sort of passing, passing trade, dog walkers, you know, um, for them to come in and sit down and be warm and enjoy something to eat, a nice drink, a good quality drink. Uh, Something that they've not seen in this pub for for quite a while. Definitely want to get uh, a decent, sort of a a good quality food service going out to the local area. Nothing fancy, but just uh, if if it's fish and chips, it's a very good quality fish and chips, the same as anything we're going to serve. And just a pub for the community to be able to come into and feel comfortable because it does seem that it's been very um, closed off uh, to most people, it's been quite uh, clicky over the last sort of 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, we just want to give it back to the public, basically, and, and make it a place that you drive past and you want to nip in and see what's going on. And once you've been in, you know that it's comfortable and you, you want to come back, basically. We've got a big refurb coming up, which is obviously quite exciting. So we'll be shut for a little while. Isn't it? Yeah, huge refurb should be around the end of March, start of April. Uh, we'll be closed for three to four weeks, but that will be a complete refurbishment of the inside. So the bar area and, and dining areas will be brand new the garden's going to have a, a good old lick over and, and some tables and chairs and sort it out so it's not um so it's not it's a nice place to be especially with the summer coming it's a, it's a right sun trap so you could spend all day out there and be warm and whatnot um and then yeah moving on sort of the next 12 months to, to two years to increase the kitchen size and, and just get the place you know lively and, and buzzing and get some events on some bands some barbecues stuff for the kids um just make it accessible for everybody whether you're walking past with a dog or you're walking past with three kids or it's just you and the missus there's always going to be something in there for you to come in for and obviously at the minute kind of pub trade is dying a little bit we've written so many stories about pubs closing um, due to many different reasons but obviously you've taken over a new pub that maybe wasn't doing as well kind of in the community yeah it's obviously a bit of a risk would you say we we so the last three pubs that we've taken over have been exactly the same way we, we're kind of gluttons for punishment in that respect we take something that's failed and we put our stamp on it and we bring it back up to standard unfortunately um, the story in the pub trade does go that if you do that for certain pub companies they are going to want to manage it themselves uh, which is what happened to us in our very first pub last two pubs we had we uh, it was more um, we'd gone 
quite far north, and it just we, we didn't we didn't like the area, we didn't like the town. Um, we've always been Essex and Kent. Essex and Kent are very similar. We like the people. We get it's easy for us to, to be able to associate with these people. So we've come back home, is what we call it. We, you know, we're back home again, um, and we're not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. We, this will be the first of many, I would have thought. And Miley Cyrus has made it five weeks at number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station KMFM with song Flowers. I'm not here to make friends by Sam Smith and Calvin Harris is still at number two, and Lizzo's new track Special has come in at number three. Kent Online Sports. Football and it was another win for Gillingham at the weekend. They beat Rochdale 2-0 away from home, giving their League 2 survival hopes another boost. We caught up with manager Neil Harris after the final whistle. I'd say it was um, a professional display. Uh, we, against a team that's fighting for their lives and I, I, I thought personally that, that really, um, you know, try and beat us today to have a chance of catching us. Uh, we, we knew they were going to scrap and fight and we knew they could play up, up to Quigley and Henderson and, and, and do that well. We knew they could also make some passes as well and, and, and the team's been really unlucky to be where they are in the league. Um, we knew we were going to have to do the basics really well in the conditions as well and I'm really pleased with the players. Uh, attitude, mentality, the players that came into the team were very good. The lads that came out of the team were even better because they understand that I have to rotate. We scored good goals at key moments. Uh, first half, I thought, was, was excellent because on the counter-attack, we, we took care of the ball and when we had it, we, we were good with it. Second half, we just turned it over too cheaply and when they threw caution to the wind and, and put sort of four or five players in the front line against our back four, then, then it became difficult on the overload. Um, yeah, so it was a strong strong display. But I said to the lads that at the moment, we're, we're very 45 minutes. 45 minutes today was excellent. Second, 45, not so good. Um, Mansfield... Okay for probably 45, 50 minutes of the game, but not the rest. Um, Grimsby, poor first half, or a good second half, and so on. So I just said, let's we need to change that sort of 45, 50 minute mentality into sort of 55, 60, and, and, and so on, and build it up until we become a finished article. I look at the, 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 the performances, I look at the personnel I've got, I look at making sure that success for us is, is keep winning games and, and keeping players fit to do that um, so I have, to, I have to manage the group and the mentality of the group as well I have to manage the mentality of the group um, but just, just taking the pressure away from what's below is, is important for us as well it's important for me to be able to do that um, nobody in the group is going to take their eye off the ball because I'm not, I don't think I've got that group sort of group of players um, and we know we want, we want to keep winning games of football and, and the lads when they know when they go in the team They've got to play well and they've got to win games because they won't be in the team. So it's a great position to be in at the moment. I ask you this quite a lot. When you got on the team coach, what's the overriding feeling on the way back? Uh, look, re- really chuffed. Normally I play it down a little bit, but I feel I'm absolutely delighted. Um, I'm delighted with the mentality of the players. I'm delighted with the group I've got. I'm delighted with the fans. They're so behind us now. They actually see a football team and club they're, they're enjoying. Um, and which is six, six points in the last two games, and I, I have to be happy of that. Um, yes, we've we got, we got tough fixtures in front of us coming up, um, but we're moving in the right direction still. The Jules are now 20th in the table and four points clear of the drop zone. They welcome AFC Wimbledon to Priestfield on Saturday. Elsewhere, England's women have beaten Italy 2-1 in their latest Arnold Clark Cup match. Maidstone's Alessia Russo didn't feature for the Lionesses yesterday, but Gravesend-born Laura Coombs did play. They've won both games in the tournament so far and take on Belgium on Wednesday, ahead of the Women's World Cup this summer. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks, 
ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, you can check out the story about how a coffee van turned into a multi-million pound chain. We started the business when my wife Lisa decided to return to work after having our three children. And it was very much a project for her just to be out in the morning making coffee, meeting people and getting back into the world of work. That's Louis Hurst who runs Hat Hats. You can see our video interview and read the full article on the website. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.